Welcome to Face Value with me, Brock Elbank. I'm a London-based photographer who over the past decade has documented well over 500 incredible human beings from around the world for various portrait series, including beards, freckles, vitiligo, CMN, and most recently scars, with a simple aim to raise body positive and mental health awareness through my Instagram page, Mr. Elbank. This podcast, in conjunction with the Brock Elbank Foundation, goes back through my archive and has conversations with former subjects for these series to discuss their incredible journeys and inspiring stories. So please sit back, relax and enjoy. Thank you for listening. Right, hello and welcome to FaceTime with Brock Elbank. That is me. Um, Today I have somebody in for scars for the second time. So it's two weeks in a row. I had Miss Cheeky Pants last Friday in. And today we're doing a face-to-face re-recording of episode six from about six weeks ago with the lovely Darina Gray, who is here for Scars Portrait Part Two and Podcast Part Two. Good afternoon, Darina. Hello. <laughs> um, for those of you that uh, don't know Darina, I'm going to let Darina introduce herself properly now um, and explain how we met and why you're sat across from me redoing our podcast yeah um so i met brock on instagram i sent him a message i think it was last year and uh yeah i've got some scars from a double mastectomy that i had um i was diagnosed with breast cancer when i was 26 in 2019 so um brock did some photos of my mastectomy scars i did indeed yeah um which were, we got such an amazing, well, you got an amazing response from those images. There was a lot of people that have reached out to me and probably to your direct mail as well yeah. from that. So today, after we've done our podcast, after we've had pizza, we've both had about 15 coffees. <laughs> and um, Nicole, who kindly drove uh, Darina down here today, we're going to shoot your back. Yeah. So if we're just going to dive straight in. Straight in. Um, the back scar. Mm-hmm. So the back scar, um, so when Brock photographed me uh, last year, I had a reconstruction done on one side. Um, and now, I think it was last summer, shortly after Brock did the photos. Um you're making me panic. <laughs> um, I had a reconstruction on my left side where the muscle was taken from my back and kind of flung round through my armpit into the front. I don't, so, I don't, don't, I don't know the right terminology. So, so be- I mean, medically, that was beautifully oh, explained. There, flung. I mean, I haven't, under- I haven't got my PhD yet, but <laughs> it's a, apparently, it's in the post. Yeah, hopefully. So the the muscle that was flung. Mm-hmm. Through your armpit or yeah. under your arm? Well, no, like under my armpit. So I can actually... It came almost, round. Yeah. So they moved it. So they never from, removed it. They they, they took it they from my back. They flung it. And just like kind of flung it. Did they... Do you think when you were in surgery that the, the surgeon said to his, I don't know, sous chef? What, what, yeah. what do you call... I don't know. Um, Assistant surgeon. <laughs> a sous su, surgeon. Sous surgeon. Or maybe the surgeon was called Sue. Maybe. <laughs> Oh, um, is that the dog trying to get in? I mean, the dog's not coming in. Um, so they literally just re-adjust that yeah. muscle from your back mm-hmm. and move it round to where your left breast. Yeah, they put is. an implant in as well, so right. um, the muscle supports the implant on the other side. I've only got the implant and I'm getting a thing called capsular contracture. Where the Sorry, say that again. Capsular contracture. So it's where the scar you tissue... Tell me you yeah, got your PhD. <laughs> you tell no, me. The, no, the scar tissue 
contracts the um, implant and it kind of deforms it. So my right side isn't brilliant because I don't have the muscle there to support it. Whereas on the left side, because I've got the muscle from my back, it supports the implant. That makes sense. Mm. So would you get the muscle from the right side? Well, that was the plan this year. But in January of this year, I was diagnosed with secondary breast cancer, which for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's stage four breast cancer. So it means that the, the, well, the cancer spread to other parts of my body. So in my case, it's uh, my liver and my bones. So I don't think that they'd operate on me now because that means I'd have to stop treatment, which is obviously mm. a risk for the cancer spreading. Yeah. And to me, living is more important. Do you, do you think so I'm balancing that, my hands. The, uh, this is obviously a podcast, but the way Darina was just balancing that... <laughs> Uh, especially with what we were discussing, having <laughs> cosmetic surgery. I mean, that was that was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> it was a little moment for us. No, so, so I can't even think what I was saying now. So, to, you're not going to stop having treatment. No, that that was what I'm saying. It, that's so more important for than, me. The treatment's the... more important because I'll be on treatment for the rest of my life now. So, for me, the looks part of my chest, breast, whatever you call them, isn't as important as prolonging my life and staying on treatment. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's fine. <laughs> so today's series that we're going to do today is we're revisiting what you've had done on your left breast, yeah. which is reconstruction, mm -hmm. and your back. Yeah. And you've got this awesome new scar that yeah. I'm really excited about. It's a big one. It's it's a it's a legendary bit of yeah. scarage there. So today, um, one, like I say, once we've we've finished this, I've just seen that on your wrist. Fantastic little tattoo. Oh yeah. I'm going to be doing a, a photograph of that. Yeah. So you you just do all the stuff for me. I just click a picture. You do all the hard work at yeah. getting these tattoos. Well, I mean, I've, for everyone that's listening, it's I've got um, me and Nicole actually. We've got matching tattoos. Your, your chauffeur. My chauffeur. We've got little uh, boobies tattooed on our wrists with the breast cancer ribbon. And the nipples are love hearts. Am I allowed to say nipples on the podcast? You can say whatever right, you okay. want. You can swear I've on I've said the, it now. You can swear. <laughs> We're not on Instagram. No, no I don't, I don't <laughs> want to swear. On, on Instagram, if you said nipples, you, you get a six months. Do you really? No, of course you oh. don't. <laughs> I'm gullible. I don't want to. That was a joke, by the way. I don't want. That's not liable that I'm going to get yeah. sued by. <laughs> so, to to go back. So, you've got a lovely childhood sweetheart, mm -hmm. Johnny. Yeah. Your your other half. Yep. So I've been with him since I was 15, and I'm 30 in September. So my life. childhood sweethearts mm. and children. Yep. Two boys named Marley and Kobe. Marley and Kobe, we have covered all of this in the first podcast, but due to builders being in mm. at the house, sanding, drilling, Causing hammering, chaos. all of those things, we decide, or I decided, and my long suffering producer, Chris, that why not? Let's do it face to face with our mutual coffee breath. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, revisit everything. Yeah. So, <clears throat> when when you reached out to me initially, mm -hmm. you were where where were you at? Um, so you'd ha obviously had your surgery. Yes. So so go, so if you can go back to when you found out about that. Uh, okay. So in two thousand and nineteen, um, when my youngest Kobe was born in the January, I'd found a lump a couple of months later. Yeah. Um, and obviously just went to the doctors, they referred me and obviously it was breast cancer. So I had the double mastectomy, I had chemotherapy, various complications. Um, and then when I'd met you, when I messaged you, I'd finished all active treatment. I was still on like medications and things, but I think it was about a year and a half after I finished chemo that you did the photos, the first photos yeah because my hair was wild do you remember it started growing back it was it incredible was, yeah i mean it's still wild now yeah i mean that hair post chemo I, I i this is something that i've noticed with uh people that have had chemo so their hair 
when it when it's back, mm. it's it's almost like it's it's got steroids in the hair. Yeah, that, it was wild. without so- sounding crass or anything. Yeah. I mean, it was it's, the volume. Mm. I mean, it was it was like a hedge. No, well, no, it was it was wild. <laughs> I say that. It was just crazy. Oh, to it be fair, it still right. is now, it but still <clears> is and. For for those that obviously haven't heard the first podcast because we we haven't actually released it, um, Darina had said by the time that we do the pod, this the shoot, you would be bald. Yeah, well, like, I've been like on chemo me. again. Yeah, like yeah. me, because yeah. I'm completely bald. I mean, literally, I've the only hairs I've got on my head are in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you still have. Yeah. Wild hair. Well, it's weird. I'm quite lucky because it it's quite thick anyway, but because um, I've been on chemo for the secondary cancer, um, they said I'll lose it. And even my oncologist was really surprised that it's not come out. But it is coming out. The Brock's going to be finding hairs all over his house for the next two weeks, I think. That won't be mine. That won't, obviously. They won't might be, be out of my ears. No. <laughs> but um, I thought I'd be bored doing this podcast and i i was expecting this to be a bit of an exclusive mm. that we were going to be do we had agreed to do a side by side almost like the mitchell brothers <laughs> for eastenders for, for the english listeners here both of us bald sat next to each other but the case is that is not the case. No, it's still here. It's, it's, I think I will be bald in a month's time. You said that. I know. Three I keep saying months it. ago, Dorit. I mean, but it keeps coming out. I just think how much more can keep coming out without it. You talk, oh, I've still got it. Just ask me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when when you I mean you just had your second child, mm-hmm. who was two months old mm-hmm. when you found yeah. the lump. So we just. Do you, were you doing regular checks? I mean, what what was yeah. the, what was the process? So I think from when I was at middle school, we had a nurse come in and showed us how to check our breasts and whatnot. And um, I'd always checked them. I, th- I think when I was about eighteen, I'd found a lump, and obviously I went to the hospital and everything. And it was a benign. I can't even remember what it's called. Mm. Basically, a cyst. So when I found this new lump in 2019, I thought it was the same sort of thing. Mm. Um, but obviously still went to get it checked. And uh, this was after I didn't breastfeed Kobe, so my milk had dried down and that's when I started checking again. And, yeah, they they told me there and then. So literally they said <clears throat> straight away? Well, I went with my mum-in-law to, the, to get it scanned and um they said oh we'll write you in a letter with the results and whatnot so me and lisa johnny's mum were leaving hospital my phone rings we're still in the hospital but leaving Mm. and the nurse it was a breast care nurse said can you come back and i just started crying i said to lisa oh my gosh it's gonna be bad news got back in the room and they said i'm really sorry it's sinister and i was like what does that mean and the doctor says you're a smart girl you know what i'm trying to say Mm. and i was like just say it and then he said it and i just don't really remember my I think I just cried a lot I don't remember even what Lisa was doing she was sat with mm. me um Chelsea and then my husband was at home with the kids Johnny so he keeps ringing ringing mm. ringing I didn't want to tell him over the phone mm. but then he, there was a point where we had to because we were still driving and yeah yeah so I mean I know I, I know this journey that you, you you've been through um but I think, you know, as I've said to you before, having a child or having another child, it's it's a time where everything's new again. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter how many kids you have. It's, you know, the experiences are the same. They're completely different. It's a time when you're, you know, introducing this new child to the world and the family and everything, and you're then catapulted into hospital mm. for treatment. How, and it's a, you know, a ridiculous question. How, how, what was the balancing act for that? How, how, did, how did you get through that in, um, in, a, in a question? To be honest, I don't really remember. That, that's one of the things, because with Marley, my eldest, I remember all the firsts, you know, like the mm. first time he crawled, the first, all the firsts with a newborn baby. But with Kobe, I felt because I was so wrapped up with hospital appointments. I mean, I was going to hospital appointments once, twice a week. And um, I don't really remember. I, I feel like I missed most of Kobe's first year. Yeah. 
Um, we were fortunate enough to get some help, so we had to get, got a nanny in the end. To obviously, I was constantly either ill or at appointments or just general tiredness from chemotherapy yeah. and cancer life. So we did have some help, and the family were really good. Um, How often were you having chemo? Um, once every three weeks, but after chemo, I was wiped out for a whole week. I literally numerous hospital stays, sepsis. And where, which hospital were you having trip? Uh, my that? local hospital in Bedford. So uh, was that near where you live? Yeah, yeah, it was like a ten minute drive in the car. Right. So you're literally at hospital mm. getting chemo, then in bed for a week, wiped out. Yeah, I had an emergency surgery in the August because when I had the reconstruction in the May of nineteen, they they put implants in both sides. Mm. Um, then I started chemo in the July. But my left breast hadn't actually healed. The skin started opening up. It was going black. So they had to do emergency surgery mid-chemo. Well, not like literally mid-chemo, mm. but during... Yeah. yeah. Um, to take out that implant. So I was in hospital again for that. So it was quite a lot. Jesus. Mm. So, you know, at this point, you've got... You're going through all of the treatment... The newborn's six months, seven months old by this point. Mm -hmm. You've then got to have an emergency operation to sort out your left breast because mm -hmm. it hadn't healed. Um, and you're in and out of hospital, it sounds like, every five minutes. Yeah. Um, at a time, and we've, we've obviously discussed this before, at a time when it's meant to be, you know, I mean, having children is not an easy thing, but then you've got this extra layer of, you know, horrendous stuff to deal with. When we met, the first thing I really kind of noticed about you is how sort of blasé and how easy kind of going you've always been. You've always kind of... Yeah. You know, when you, um, you know, you sent me a message in, in January to, to let me know what, you know, what happened... And you do, you just deal with everything with such grace, mm. um, which I just find amazing. And I, it's very infectious to be around that you're just so almost flippant. Yeah, I think a lot of people say that. A lot of people, like we recently, myself, Nicole and my other friend Jess recently set up a charity and we had our first event in our one of our locals in Bedford. And I had to do a speech, which was a bit nerve-wracking, but... Um, Nicole, Being a professional, no. <laughs> so there's no room for excuses But Nicole today. just says, like, you're so blasé. <sighs> cancer's a massive thing, but I try not to let cancer define me. Like, I have cancer. Cancer does not have me, you yeah. know? And That's actually... I, that's I, a T-shirt. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I even forget... Charity. <laughs> get some merchandise. No. Sometimes I even forget that I've got cancer. Like, sometimes I could just be doing something and I'm like, oh... Oh god, I've got cancer. It sounds crazy to think. No, no, you know. No, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's, but a lot of people say it's like you oh, are. Yeah. You are extremely. I mean, I'm sure it's not like the case all the time, but you seem very relaxed. Yeah. With the way you are about it, and I think that's a phenomenal mm. way to be. Because I, you know, I think you know we were talking when you and Nicole arrived about things and we were talking about your hair and all of that and I said it you know it's very it's very easy for me to to sort of say something because I'm not the one going through something you know it, mm. it's like um you know having a, a teenage daughter who gets a pimple on their chin it, it's like the the end of the world to them because it's a pimple mm. um and as a parent who's not a teenager, you can say, oh, it's, it's just a spot. Mm. But to them, it's it's something it's, completely yeah, yeah, yeah. different and it's very easy for me to say. But I just think the way you hold yourself, mm. um, you know, because we are in quite regular contact. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, writing you letters once a week <laughs> or anything. <laughs> I only said that because Olive's got a new pen pal. Um, so... Once you'd had the operation, the emergency surgery to um, fix your left breast, yeah, and that infection was then gone. all gone, and everything yeah. was fine. Yeah, yeah. And I just I just had one implant on my right side and nothing on the left, which is yeah. how you 
did the photos yeah. of me well, with, with the fierce hair with the wild hair yeah yeah the hair was wild it was incredible hair <laughs> I, I did actually get messages from people just wondering if i'd styled it and i was like no i don't That's her I, hair. <laughs> I don't think i was allowed to touch it i don't think even with oven mitts on it was so fierce um so once you've had the surgery and this this has been going on until the september you had the operation, the emergency. I had the, uh, in uh, yeah, August, August nineteen. Then September, um, I was still obviously on chemo till the November. But September, we flew out to Ireland to my sister-in-law's wedding, so Johnny's sister. Mm. And when I don't know if people know, but when you're on chemo, you're more susceptible to infections. You know, mm. your body can't fight back infections as yeah. well. And typical, I got ill, so I missed half of my. Well, she's not just my sister-in-law; she's one of my best friends. My wedding, which was rubbish. Yeah. Um, so you were ill in Ireland? Yeah, in, in Ireland. I, I got there and I, I luckily I managed to see them get married, but I think I lasted about 8pm that night, so I missed all the partying. Did you then go to hospital? No, I just oh, went, to, went to bed. Went to bed. <laughs> Welcome to my life. I mean, that's, you know. Uh, um, so when you came back from, from Johnny's sister's wedding... Mm-hmm. And you finished your chemo. I remember you saying to me before that your your sort of weekly diary was so chock a block of you've got this appointment, you've got this blood test, you've got treatment, you've got all this that and the other. When you'd finished everything, mm-hmm. it was just you sort of felt like I just felt in limbo. I I honestly so I finished all my treatments, and it was about a year after. I was like, what do I do now? Like, yeah. what, what's happening? Like, you're almost left, well, to get on with yourself. It's it's really bizarre. And that's when I kind of started to spiral down a dark path. I know it sounds insane because you think, oh, you've, you've had cancer, like, why? But I just feel when you're so busy with the cancer life, you don't even have time to pause and think about, Yeah. well, I didn't, about my mental health. Maybe it was also um, you were actually, you had time to sort of digest and compute what you'd actually been through yeah which in itself the fact that you've missed or you've felt like you've missed your you know your child's entire first year Mm. because you you know you're either in hospital in treatment doing this this is just getting by yeah um you know maybe you've had time to reflect and that's probably why Uh, yeah i had a lot of time and then obviously lockdown covid so then that was a lot of time to sit around we said we weren't going to mention the c oh, word no God. i'm joking <laughs> and then uh johnny's nan passed away quite suddenly which i i was really close to her mm. i loved her and um yeah i ended up having to have counseling because it just all come yeah, together and just... they put me on medication and so this is in this early t- uh, 2020 2020 yes because that was a lockdown so it was towards the end of 2020 Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you did the photos 2021. It was May 2021. I think we we discussed this. We did, 100%. I think think you're correct. Yeah. You generally are right. Yeah. I'm I'm just, I'm just, I just make coffee. Yeah. I mean, you would know. Yeah. It was last year we shot. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um... So it was before we shot that you sort of had this term for the worst because you're just probably exhausted mentally. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've got a young, a young family going through all of that. Um, one thing that I, I, I have asked um, people that have, have had mastectomies because there is this sort of the, the media, the... the, the perceptions of of femininity you know you're sort of talking about your hair Mm -hmm. uh, and breast and and these are sort of these these parts of the body that that are are meant to sort of encapsulate what a woman is Mm. um did you how did you feel when you had the initial surgeries because at the end of the day you have that to for the greater good, to, to, to save you, as it were. Yeah. But what what was your initial... And I know this is quite a... 
hard hitting. You know, when you're looking at yourself, when you've got a physical change, mm. you know, it's like when you're saying you lose your hair or something. How how do you digest it? Because you do just kind of you're so blasé about yeah. it. Uh, well, obviously there are there were bad days. Like I know it sounds ridiculous, but I'd photograph the good and the bad days. I just probably wouldn't share as many of the bad days as I was the good days. So I've got this one photo where I'm stood in my bathroom. I'm bald. I've got, this was before my emergency surgeries. I've got these bandages on my left side where it was all mm. oozing mm. and all this stuff. And I was just in tears because I just felt... I think you sent me I felt that. like, mm. I hate to say it, I felt like a bit of a monster. I just hated the mm. way that I looked. So once my hair started to grow back, I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous in the grand scheme of things, I started to feel a bit more like myself. Yeah. You know? Um, Even though hair, I mean, what's hair in this grand scheme of things? But it, well, when yeah. it's growing out of your ears, it's a, it's a hindrance <laughs> if if nothing else. But we'll we'll get onto that. I might just do a, a podcast episode of air ear hair. Hair. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to compute all this. I mean, I know that we we have obviously discussed this at length, face to face, or or when we shot. I mean, when when we shot last last year um you were i don't know that when there are, there are certain people that apply for series um and i do say this and there's 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 no right or wrong for people applying you know if you apply and you don't get photographed that doesn't mean that you're not worthy or whatever it's about diversity um yeah. and one of one of the things was the fact that you are originally mm -hmm. from Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and when we, this, obviously, when we shot, this was pre the Ukraine crisis that's yeah. currently going on. And we're not going to get into politics now. But there was something really lovely was you sent me a message, um, photograph, in fact, of your some of your family mm -hmm. that arrived yeah. a few months ago. Maybe you could um, share a little yeah, bit about yeah. that. So you moved over here with your mum when you were young. Uh, you? Yeah, so I was six and we moved, me and my mum moved to England and obviously my dad stayed in Ukraine. Um, he remarried, had my younger sister. Um, and I used to visit Ukraine quite a lot and then as I got older, I just haven't. So I hadn't actually seen them in about 12 years. Mm. Um, and we didn't really stay in touch. So last summer, I got in touch with them again and we've been speaking every day. And then obviously um, I said to them, come over next, as in this summer, come over next summer, meaning this summer. Mm. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. So we got them passports and um, yeah, we was all planning to get them across. And then obviously I was diagnosed with secondary breast cancer in January. Um, so my dad wanted to fly out for two weeks to see me as soon as he could really, because obviously mm. I wasn't quite bad place and literally the night before the war started we booked my dad's flights then the next day the war started he was meant to be coming over in march Blimey. um long story short they managed to get out through crimea they're in kherson which is down south it's occupied at the moment by russia so they managed to get out through crimea and it was a three-day journey so crimea um georgia georgia they flew to turkey from turkey they flew to london so they're with us now, so that's a relief. Incredible. Incredible. And it must be I mean, even with with what your <laughs> you and your immediate family are dealing with, it must be lovely to have uh your dad uh, out out of that horrific yeah. situation. Yeah. So today's shoot mm -hmm. is is going to be back focused really yeah more back focused and the and then we're obviously going to be focusing on the flung muscle the flung muscle so with with your current um treatment are you so you're, how often are you having chemo now is it just so it's just a, a ongoing treatment i don't even know where to start to be honest with you um when I was diagnosed in the January, I was put on like a targeted therapy. Uh, didn't work. So every three months when you're a secondary breast cancer patient, you have to have scans every three months just to check whether your treatment's working, whether it's not, mm. just to make sure that everything's kind of going well, whereas it should be. 
after three months of being on this target therapy, it shrunk everywhere apart from my liver. So they had to obviously change me, which means mm. it wasn't moving. So they put me on a chemo. Um, I had the results from that about two, three weeks ago. And it had shrunk everywhere by about 75%. Wow. Apart from in my liver, a new lesion grew. So <clears throat> I've just had a biopsy on my liver and I've had a test. I don't think it was this fancy pants test. Not, not, not the, Does, <laughs> the right it, term. Is it actually called the fancy it's, it's called, pants test? It's called the fancy pants test that I, gets sent I, to California. I, I actually <laughs> think, Doreen, you need to write a list of your ter your medical terminologies oh, for things. Flung muscle, fancy pants oh. test. I think I think there's a there's a a book. Oh god! Of your terminology for things. But no, this fancy pants test. <laughs> <laughs> they they. <laughs> They literally take a blood sample, send it to America, and they check it for... They basically see what cancer, the cancer you have, what medicine it will react best to. Right. So it's quite... And it has to go to America for Yeah, they don't, they don't do it. They don't have it in the UK. And there's so, nowhere in Europe. No. I suppose we're not allowed no, to. No, no. It's an, American, it's an American test. Right. I know the name of it. Can I say it or not? You can say it's called It's called Garden 360, and they test it... Okay. No, this is good. I don't know. Content. Yeah, so, so Garden 360, like I say, they just literally take two tubes of your blood, send mm. it off to California, and then they let me know what's what, basically. Wow. Mm. So... So I'm still waiting for my next treatment plan. So basically... I've had so once you get the results from this fancy mm. pants American test, yeah. you'll know. But 75%... Shrinkage everywhere else is good. That's amazing. Yeah. I've been referred to the Royal Marsden for a second opinion and possible clinical trials. So, um, but they need to get my results from the liver biopsy and this garden test to right. know what to do. Right. I'm just, I'm just going to ask you a question which you're going to answer. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let Ernie the Whippet in because he is clawing at the back door. And when I listen to this back with Chris, my long-suffering producer, he's going to tell me off for not letting the dog in so we're hearing the clip clop so now you, you're going to get the liver bite so that in fact you can explain what that treatment was with the liver biopsy while i go and let the okay. dog in because i've got a needle phobia i'm a total wuss and i said to you, if you discuss that whilst we're on recording I'll, I'll probably faint okay i don't want you to faint i'm gonna go and let Ernie okay, okay so you I'll explain that so so uh the liver biopsy oh it, to be fair it was awful um they numb the area where the liver is or where they need to put the needle through and um put like a pretty big needle in and they take some samples out of the liver so it went through my ribs which was not pleasant experience, but um, obviously it had to be done to see what kind of cancer it is. They think it's a mutation from the cancer that I've already got. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll get the results back in the next couple of weeks. And I am back with Ernie back. the Whippet, who is, as always, naughty and rather cheeky. So... You mentioned before that you've set up a charity or you're in the midst of setting up, you've got an organisation. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you could sort of yeah. explain what it's, A, what it's called mm -hmm. and what, what, what good yeah. stuff you're doing. So um, when I was diagnosed with secondaries, I kind of almost wanted to leave something before I go. If that, I don't want to be like really dramatic about it but no, i just wanted to legacy. leave a legacy a bit of a legacy so it's called greater sunny day and like i said previously me my friends nicole and jess set it up so we um provide gifts and experiences for families who are basically going through a cancer diagnosis so we've done like photo shoots we've gifted toys for families yesterday i booked like a hotel stay for a mum and her daughter who they just wanted to have a night away so yeah, slowly Changes coming together, thing, yeah. 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 And Grey to a sunny day, your surname yeah. is Grey. Yeah. We just need to Yeah, that's why it's called Grey to Sunny Day. So 
with when we did our images the first time round, which I think we've we're in a we agree was May last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of because and I say this with each series of images. It first of all, primarily, it's about you um, seeing yourself in a positive light. You know, you're going back to that photo that you shot, you know, when you were sort of strapped up and bandaged and, you know, struggling. Yeah. It's kind of sort of the strength of you coming through this, overcoming all these challenges and and seeing yourself in a positive way. Yeah. What sort of reaction were you getting um, from people that were following you and your journey on Instagram? Oh, really positive. Everyone was just so positive about it. And I was a little bit, um, not worried. Apprehensive. Apprehensive about posts, like after mm. you posted them, I posted some on my Instagram. And I was a bit like, oh, do I want everyone to see like what's going on in yeah, my yeah. chest area? But I had such a really positive um, response. And then since, <clears throat> excuse me, since my secondary diagnosis, I've been sharing a lot more on my Instagram about mm. things because for me, even though I had primary breast cancer, I, di- I didn't know anything about secondary breast mm. cancer. I didn't, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. So since being diagnosed, I, I know quite a bit about it now. You know, you read things, your oncologist tells you things. So I'm trying to share it out there on my Instagram. Um, in simple terms. In simple in Dorina term. terms, you know, like... like, like fancy, fancy pants. Fancy pants and... Flung. Flung, yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, the truth of it, you know, like, if you go through my Instagram, it's not all happy yeah, days. There's, there's other stuff on there as well. Rainbows, yeah. And, um, yeah, I've got quite a few new followers and I've always got people messaging me and, like, just asking for advice or people that have recently been diagnosed with secondaries. And, yeah, yeah I think it's quite... Instagram can be a good platform to... Well, if they sort this algorithm out that yeah. they've now got, which means nobody seems to see anything. I mean, we, I mean, let's not get on no. to Instagram. But it, I, think it's, I think it's really important that um, with, with anyone that we, we document and they're sharing their journey that, that people can, if nothing else, either relate to it um, I mean, we've just had um, How Do You See Me Now, um, which is an exhibition we did in... De- it was definitely in 2019. It was in March. But they're just doing the v- uh, virtual exhibition in the US for Nevis Outreach. And I think when when things get shared or you have an exhibition or you're posting images on your, on your platforms... Um, you know, if you can connect with people that maybe feel that they're alone and they're the only person going through exactly what you went through and they can speak to you about it, it might give you... It makes you feel that you're doing some good Mm -hmm. and it also gives them some level of comfort, if nothing else. So with these new images that we're going to be doing today... um. I mean, should we, I don't know what, what, I mean, what are you hoping to get from, I mean, I'm, it was me being selfish, wanting more photos, really. I'm <laughs> rubbing it. But I mean, with, with the new set of images, it's a whole new chapter. It's you being able to share the next yeah. um, part of the journey. <clears throat> well, I mean, I know that technically this new scar that I've got on my back is from my first diagnosis but really it's yeah. for my first diagnosis i think what i'd probably like to share about it is try and kind of spread a bit more understanding about secondary breast cancer as well i know even mm. though technically it's not the scars not related to secondary breast cancer but i think it's so important to try and let people know well, what, educate people yeah educate inform people them what secondary breast cancer is and even what secondary cancer is altogether i've made so many you know, Instagram friends who have got lung cancer, which is, you know, stage four and mm. just all the kind of terminology. Like, I don't know what METs are. Do you know what METs are? 
I thought they were a baseball team, aren't they? No, Matt? metastatic. So oh. secondary, it's metastatic as well. See, this is where your PhD So just like started. people are like, oh, I've got Mets here, I've got Mets there. And I had to Google when I was first diagnosed, what's Mets? And it's metastatic. I, I still don't. I thought. Well, that... so it's like when it's spread. So you've got Mets in my liver, say. Right. So the metastatic cancers in my liver are my right. bones okay. or whatever. So it's just, right, okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm learning here. Mm. So it's, it's I not, still learn stuff every day. So do I. Yeah. About every, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I love what I do is mm. that, that, you know, you, you and Nicole were sat outside having a coffee just before we, we started. And um, Nicole asked me a question about one of the subjects that we'd shot and I was talking about stuff. She said, oh, you're really interesting. And I said, well, I'm not actually. I'm, you're interesting. I'm, I'm just sharing your mm. interesting experiences. I mean, me, I'm not doing anything exciting. It's about you. Yeah. So you're learning. So, Mets, I mean, you are basically, you do have a PhD I now, mean, basically, yeah. You may but as well. it's with flung <laughs> and fan... Fa you got a fancy pants PhD fancy from pants. America. Oh. <laughs> um, I've got to ask this because there's, there's not many people that I do photograph twice and that's not because I don't want to it's just it just doesn't generally present itself I mean we shot um Miss Cheeky Pants last week not fancy pants no, cheeky Mr. pants yeah. see that link don't there? get that confused see, yeah. that, <laughs> see that that broadcasting link there I'm such a um because as, as Sinead um Elizabeth's mum will say you know she's permanently having new new procedures done and and obviously from the age of six to eight, there's there's quite a change in kids, but with your with your images this time, I mean, how do you feel about doing a second set of images? I mean, yeah. when we did the first set, I mean, it, were you nervous? Were you? I mean, we always speak. I always speak to people quite a lot before a series, anyway. But how do you? All right, my question is this. What is your um, thought process second time round? Um, are you just like, oh, I know Brock, it, you know, whatever? Or yeah, you... I feel like it's really nice that you've, like, you kept in touch and sent me messages, so I feel like I know you. The first time, obviously... Well, I've just been a pest. Well, nothing. no, like a nice pest. <laughs> but, like, even the first time, you know, we had the Zoom calls mm. or, you know, like, just chats and things before I came obviously, down here, yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like I know you better more now. I, I feel really comfortable and I'm positive about having these photos done. And it would be nice to see the change in me plus a few extra kilograms. <laughs> no. <laughs> few kilograms, more hair. Well, longer hair. It is slightly longer hair. Mm. It's it's probably a couple of inches. Like My hairstyle is exactly the same yeah. as, last, as last May. Mm. Um... But it, it is going to be interesting. I mean, regardless of kilos, one thing that you mentioned when we recorded uh, the first version, should we say, mm. was that you... I loved what you said about... I think this time round, you've just... You, you take life by the scruff of the neck and you just do things. Yeah. <clears throat> and you... Um, and we were sat in the kitchen we we'd with Nicole and you showed me your bath that you have in your bedroom yeah. that your wonderful husband Johnny has put in there I, I just thought it was just like an empty bath no but it's it, a it, real bath it, it's, it's yeah, I thought it was probably had bedding plants in it or something like no. that but would you like to because it, it's yeah, quite we, a beautiful <laughs> so, so I mean since my secondary diagnosis my well my husband we've been doing an extension for the last nine ten months but since my secondary diagnosis I just thought, sod it, I want a bath in our bedroom. We've got the space for it. So Johnny was like, yeah, let's put the bath in the bedroom. So now I have a bath in the bedroom. And sometimes I think... There's no bed in there. It's just... Oh, no, there is. <laughs> this, this is what I was saying. Sometimes I'm in the bath and the kids all run in and Johnny's on the sofa and sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I should have got the bath in the bathroom. But no, it's fine. It's lovely. It's it's a spectacular bath. Yeah. I mean, it's very... It's impressive. Yeah. I mean, the fact your husband's in the um, construction game, yeah. you, you can tell. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do try and live life a little bit more to the full now. Obviously, I do have my down days. A couple of weeks ago, um, 
I went away to Ireland with my family, all the girls. Mm. And I am on antidepressants at the moment. I know people probably don't speak about it a lot, but obviously I am on antidepressants and I forgot to take them for two nights. And honestly, on the Monday... Cold turkey. I I forgot that I forgot mm. to take them as well. And I thought, mm. oh gosh, I was having such a bad day. I was crying. I just didn't want to do anything. And then about 6pm, I thought, oh, I haven't mm. taken them in two days. I know... I have alarms. I, I have, I've just started medication for ADHD. Mm. Um, which in itself is a is a whole you know melting pot of of stuff, but I mean anyone with ADHD or anything like that, your your brain's all over the mm. place, and and my wife and children will you know confirm that. But I I literally have to have alarms on my phone, yeah. Um, so I just remember, otherwise you forget. And I think if I mean, mental health, I think, is something that I really do want to um, really tap into on this podcast at some point because it is, I think, I can't remember if it was you and I when we spoke before, but I think when when you've got something physically wrong with you, Mm. um, people empathise more. If you break your arm, you know, you've broken your leg or whatever people see that that they offer help but if you're people are meant to just get on with stuff yeah don't oh you you know mental health oh oh they're just weak they're this they're that the other and i think it i mean things are shifting but i do think it's important that people are a bit more uh understanding of of the challenges of that and i think if you know if you've been put on medication to to sort of balance the books as it were yeah um, and then you go in cold turkey after a weekend in Ireland with a girl. I mean, it sounds it sounds like, you know, Christ knows what was going on. But it's important <laughs> no, that you, you do look after yourself. So we've got, we've literally got um, about eight minutes mm-hmm. left of, of version two of this. I'm, I'm still recording. We're doing well here. We're doing we're, well. We're doing well. We, there's no drilling. The only bit we had to do was let Ernie, Ernie in because yeah. he was clawing at the door. So with with this second set of images, mm-hmm. um, what what's the what what do you want people to learn from you from this whole new chapter that you're you know you're getting on with? I guess. Um... I just want people to, well, understand what secondary breast cancer is, secondary cancer, stage four cancer. Mm. Not a lot of people know that stage four is incurable. People just, you know, you hear stage one, stage two, stage three. Um, And you know what else? When I'm fully clothed and I've still got hair because obviously I've not lost it, people never know that I'm, because I am technically sick, I am ill. But people never know that. And when sometimes it gets brought up in conversation, they're really shocked. It's the whole thing, like, I have a blue badge because the cancer's in my bones, so I do have a blue badge for my parking. Mm. And I always panic. I know I shouldn't, but I always panic when I park in a disabled bay because I think, is someone going to say to me, why are you parking here? Because yeah. I, I physically look fine. There was, there was something that you said that was... And this is... I'm glad you've brought this up. You mentioned some family in Germany, there was a Facebook post. Oh, when, yeah, yeah, my when, when we recorded the first episode of this, um, Doreen was obviously at home and we, we FaceTime through headphones and then record our audio. But the first thing I said to you was that how well you looked. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you had some family posted a picture of you in Germany on Facebook yeah, yeah. and they were like, it looks like there's nothing wrong with her. Yeah. And you said something along the lines of, um, you know, they may look okay, but they might yeah. feel... Well, not okay, yeah. yeah. It was my auntie. She When I was diagnosed, she came over to see me. Uh, this was this year when I was diagnosed with secondaries. Mm. And... Um, you know, I think we went shopping or something. I can't remember. And we just took a selfie and she posted it on her Instagram. Mm. She actually hid it from her work because her work... Yeah. The way people think that she told her work she was coming to see her poor, poorly niece. Yeah. She was like, I'm going to hide it from work because you don't look poorly. And even one of her friends said, oh, well, your, your niece looks fine. Is she cured now? 
So just because yeah. I look for, what do people expect that I should just yeah. be bald or I don't know? I've gained weight since having secondary cancer because a part of me thinks, oh, sod it, life's too short. And the other part is obviously I'm on steroids for yeah. chemotherapy. So that is kind of helping me gain some weight. So yeah, not all people um, that have cancer are either bald or really skinny. Some of us have hair and are a little bit chubbier. So so just be be mindful, be kind. Yeah. Just be kind and thoughtful. Yeah. And I know I'm young. I don't need people to remind me. You know, like, mm. I don't know if I tell people, they're like, oh, but you're so young. Mm. Well, thank you. I know, I know that. But, you know, like we know, cancer doesn't discriminate. It gets everyone. Well, not well, everyone, but, you know, yeah. anyone. Well, I mean, the last, my last um, new subject, um, Kiana, who, who kindly flew in from New York. I mean, Kiana's all over the place, globetrotter. But, I mean, her first uh, facial cancer, she was 14. Mm. And I think that, that it, is, it, it doesn't discriminate. And, you know, it's, it doesn't matter what your age is. It is that kind of cliche, yeah. really. So even though you look well, you have fierce hair, mm. you know, still, you know, people need to be mindful, especially your auntie's friends in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, so we are now going to wrap this up. Uh, our re-recorded, I hope I've done this right, we've had Ernie come in, scratching yeah. on the windows. You've discussed the needle thing whilst I was letting yeah. you in. So I'm not going to listen to that bit. <laughs> um, um, so with the charity, mm -hmm. Great to a Sunny Day, mm -hmm. um, and... Website. Yep. What is the website address, please? Grey with an A to sunnyday.co.uk. Same on Instagram. And you mentioned that you've got, did you say you've got a ball yeah, coming we're up doing in, October, in September? Yeah, we're doing September. Do you want to just plug yeah, so that we're, before? Yeah, we're doing a golf day and then a ball in the evening. So we've sold quite a lot of tickets. Black for tie? That. Is it a, a, oh, I don't really know. I've not thought ooh. about that. I might wear my wedding dress. No, I'm joking. I'd never fit into it now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's in September. So yeah, it's exciting. Good stuff. Just, All right. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to say goodbye, even though we're now going to probably have another coffee. Yeah. Do your photos. And then I'm going to make you pizza. With custard and, <laughs> Chop and chopped liver. It's <laughs> <laughs> what you asked for. So if you've, uh, well, um, if you're hopefully enjoying what we're doing, I mean, I enjoy doing these with these incredible human beings. You can subscribe to Face Valley with Brock Elbank on all of the um, channels that Chris, my long-suffering producer, um, uploads all this stuff onto. So um, thank you, Darina, for coming over again. Thank you. I'm looking forward to us now doing your new set of images. Thank you for those who are kindly listening and we will see you next time. So I'm going to say goodbye, yep. but we're not actually saying no. goodbye. We're just about to do your pictures. Yeah. I say so. Thanks good and goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>